most record-sticked locals in Murawai are choosing not to pay their rates due tomorrow. Many red-sticked Auckland residents don't have rates relief. They are required to pay rates for services they cannot use and they have the additional cost of temporary accommodation to deal with. Hastings District Council, for example, have granted a rates remission for all red sticket homes automatically to discuss. We have Murawai resident Carolyn Bell Booth. Carolyn, kia ora. Hi, Wallace. Lovely to reconnect with you again. Good to have you on. So we talked to you just after these uh, floods, uh, and you're back with us today. And rates are due tomorrow, Carolyn. You've spoken to sticket owners planning not to pay? Yes, and just a a, a common uh, assumption is that Muriwai was damaged with flooding, and this story often gets confused in the media. We were, of course, hit with landslips which has put us in a much more difficult and precarious position, particularly pertaining to our insurance policies and what they will cover. So, yes, we, like other residents in West Auckland, we are also displaced. And so with a looming financial crisis in front of us and that our temporary accommodation and personal resources are uh, rapidly dwindling, it's been very hard to justify paying for services that we are not receiving um, because ultimately our payment of rates would be another week or two of rent of keeping our family safe in our temporary accommodation whilst we wait for government and council to define policy and work towards resolution. Yeah, just going back to what you were saying, uh, the the, the damage wasn't like the others, uh, but it must be... a. I'm just thinking, what a situation to be in. To take your example, I think, uh, Carolyn, your house, it's still standing, isn't it? Yes. So, in our And yet you can't live case, there? No. And the reason for that is the imminent risk of more um, land coming down from the council reserve that adjoins our property. That's not um, unique to my property. No. Only all my neighbours had... Um, the reserve collapse on or into their homes. and um, But the trick for most Muriwai residents is that um, unlike flooding, we don't, some houses haven't actually had damage. So it's more about the risk of land going. And so what an insurance company does is they say, well, there's been no actual damage to your home, the, the damage to your property is minimal, if anything, so there's nothing to claim against. Oh. So most residents here do not have any insurance coverage right now, despite being fully insured. We haven't received any payouts. We don't have the ability to make claims because the insurance companies will say that there's no actual damage to our home. We've got a, we've got a uh, panel here. Uh, let's bring Sue Bradford in. So what a predicament to be in. Yes, I find it incomprehensible that the council hasn't, Auckland Council hasn't done what Hastings obviously has. Um, I do wonder what councillors are thinking, what what is on their minds that they can't just simply do that. It's not something that seems very difficult to at least um, give rates remission for the period for all red sticket homes because it's not just Mirawai. Um, even out on the coast, there's other people in, in the same situation, much less in other parts of Auckland. Um, it's just incredible. 
um, and yeah. what people are going through. And, and behind that, there's this huge question, I think, for the future and with climate change and weather events about insurance and how much ins- how many of our properties will still be able to be insured in future ongoing is, is a huge question that this country hasn't really looked at. Carolyn. Yes, thank you, Sue. I mean, the confusion we, we also appreciate, but we, we are aware that council and government are facing an unprecedented situation. So we understand that this takes time and indeed it will set a precedent for the rest of the country as we move forward. However, what we haven't received is any assurances that whilst that process takes place, that our ability to continue to pay our mortgages and rent on top of that will be assisted when our own personal resources, namely our insurance accommodation allowances, run out. So, for example, in Muriwai, people start running out of money in July. Uh, most people will run out of money by the end of August. And we also know that the geotechnical studies that the council are uh, uh, doing at the moment in order to define what should happen to our properties, that's also going to take until August. So unless at the end of August the government and council can simultaneously provide a solution for everybody, what we're heading for on this current trajectory is that people will foreclose on their mortgages, people are directly heading for bankruptcy, and the only alternative to that is for families to move back into their red-speaked homes in order to meet their other financial obligations. Uh, Dean. Yeah, I mean, that that, seem, uh, that makes a lot of sense. Hopefully the, the middle ground would be, hey, we you know need to tidy it up for the future. It might set precedence in that, but temporarily at least suspend payments of them, um, even if they you know want to look at the issue further. I'm, I'm just hoping that it's just fallen through the cracks as everything else has been busy because it, I think everyone thinking about it would say the common sense answer here is if you can't use the place, surely um, there'd be some kind of remission there. So what's um, what's what's next? I mean, uh, from Murawai, I mean, what's the situation like there now? Well, Wallace, honestly, not much has changed since we last spoke a few days. Is that after right? The cyclone. What has happened is that the debris has largely been cleared from Motutara Road, which is the main road that Auckland. Um, Aucklanders will be familiar with. There is increasing pressure on the council to open up Muriwai so people can walk their dogs and ride their horses and go fishing as, as we would all love them to be able to do. But the truth is, is we only have one road in at the moment, which is currently eroding on a daily basis, like visibly eroding. And meanwhile, the main road, whilst the debris has been cleared, it has houses off their foundations precariously resting just above the road, like literally resting on trees. So access to this town is not safe and we need to work initially to get two roads in and out. And um, we'd really appreciate just some understanding from the community that we're in a precarious position at the moment. I mean, the state of it is that we're still having water tanked in. You know, tank it in each day. Just can I ask before we go, um, Karen? Because I did, uh, you know, that those months ago, uh, have you on just after these floods? Where where are you? Where can I just tell you? Where are you living? We are living on Waitia Road, which is the road I mentioned, the only road in (laughs) currently eroding, which is why I'm aware of it, Um, and. We chose to stay in our community and try and fight as hard as we could 
to help restore this beautiful little town, not only for the residents, but for the rest of Auckland and New Zealand to to enjoy. And, you know, it's sort of dishearteningly slow progress. We're waiting with anticipation for the imminent announcement from Grant Robertson about the way in which the government will uh, deal with red-stickered properties, and that will allow council to at least start okay. a process. But just to bring it back to the main conversation, yep. we've only got to the plan being announced and we're all running out of money. So um, we're, we're in a really financially and emotionally precarious position. I right really now. appreciate you having uh, time for, with us on the panel this afternoon, Carolyn. Thank you. Thank you so much. Murawai resident Carolyn Balboot there. Um, quite a situation, isn't it, Sue? And as you say, uh the future may hold more such situations around the Mortu. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yep. yep.